Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Keys 107 on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host tonight. Sit back and get ready. We got a hot show for you. The healthy tip of the day is up next. The Keys 107 is proud to present the healthy tip of the day. Well, today's healthy tip focuses on the benefits of music. And this is totally experiential. And you think you felt better. Well, that's the benefits of music. Music is to uplift your mood. Music is to inspire you. Music is to help renew your faith, renew your soul, renew your love. So that's your healthy tip of the day. Put on that favorite song and sing and uplift your spirit. Wash away those tears. Stay tuned. The Keys 107 will return after this brief commercial break. And when we come back, Brother James and I are going to have a very lively conversation about the good old days of music as we remember it. And we hope we spark some memories in your mind. And before we uh, break for commercial, we just like to always give thanks to you and thank you for joining us. Thank you for taking a moment out of your very important day to spend with us and to listen to what we have to say. The call-in number is 213-943-3618. That's 213-943-3618. Give us a call and let us know your favorite song and what you was doing when you heard that song. Let's keep it clean. (laughs) We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Oh, and and before I forget, um, I got a phone call earlier today, and um, someone said that they listened to one of our archive shows, and they wanted to know uh, whose music were we playing in the background when we do our our, uh, announcements. I just want to let you know that you're listening to the sounds of Ernie J. Smith, South African jazz musician, and the name of this song is called Otello Song. So once again, thank you, Ernie J., for allowing us to use your music on the Keys 107 Network. And you are tuned into the Keys 107 Network on Blog Talk Radio, opening doors to endless possibilities. Rafika Consultants and Services LLC is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluff Live. Now found in paperback, sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. 
best fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cuff shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, bath accessories, and inspirational music imported from Africa, India, and Asia, as well as jewelry and accessories. Moon 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Don't forget to visit moon107.com. A-U-N. <laughs> I like that rhythm. Listen up. This is our sister Rafika. I'm here with you today, and I'm live, and I'm very excited. Uh, we've never done a show like this today. My co-host, Brother James, is in the house, and as I always say, when Brother James is in the house, expect something wonderful to happen. But we're going to be talking about music today, as we said in our intro, and um, Brother James, your mic is live. You can step right on anytime you want to, um, but before you talk, let me remind you to tell everybody that we are having a closeout sale on those awesome men's French cuff shirts. They're going for $19.99, and you can get them at www.moon107.com, and I think we got a special going on, Brother James can clarify this, too, for $35 French cuff shirt. You got it. That's right. You know why? Because it's Father's Day, Father's and we want all the brothers out there to be wearing their crisp white shirts as they go to the mosque or to, to the church or just to go out for Father's Day brunch or lunch with their family looking quite nice, you know, just like <laughs> the man of the house should be. All right. Well, Rafika, I am excited, equally as excited as you, to talk about a topic that I believe um, our people are very passionate about. You know, um, black people have taken music personally. I think it's been very therapeutic for us over the ages. And today we wanted to start the Black History Month, um, excuse me, Black Music Month, with uh, a, a, a journey down history lane, just a little bit, you know, uh, to go to an era which I think may have classified as the greatest era of music, not just black music, but music ever, you know, and some people may want to debate that, but we will get into that a little later, but I'm talking about that era of the 1970s where music was blended, uh, R&B, rhythm and blues was blended with the blues, gospel, and jazz to produce something we affectionately call soul music. And I think that's a serious, serious topic. I don't think we've discussed it enough. I think we... Music. Brother James? Uh, yes. Oh, I, you you went out a little bit. I didn't hear what you said. Oh, I was saying we haven't talked enough, uh, had dialogue enough to deal with the... Uh, the essence of music and how what it means to black people and why we are so good at producing this music. And so we want to open up that dialogue today and talk about that. So, Rafika? Well, you know, I I think um, just to begin to open that door of endless possibility in the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness, um, 
I think the the answer to that question, uh, James, and maybe um, it's leveled answer, but certainly because we are passionate. And when you're passionate, you can make good music. You can sing good songs. Well, you you, you are 100% right with that. But I think, like you said, it's layered. And it's so layered, it's so deep. And if you don't mind, maybe we can take it there. You know, we don't get that occasion of really to talk about the creative process of making music and um, and particularly uh, music that comes from us because it's so natural. It comes from us. The delivery uh, comes from us so naturally. Why, uh, you must ask that question, why is it that we're the producers of of, of the best music? We're so rhythmically uh, connected um, to music and I think if we answer that question we have to take it to the level that um, everything in, in in the entire universe was created with some form of music you know meaning the process the creative process itself you know uh, pr- was produced with music rhythm and vibrations Um one of the things I looked at when I began to study music, wow, music is everywhere. When I wake up in the morning and hear the birds singing, they're making music. They're having harmony. They're communicating. I, 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 I just, you know, I marvel at that. You go, and The sun um, sets and you hear the crickets making noise. But that noise is music for them. You know, if we had the ability to to analyze the vibrations and the sounds of the ants and all other insects or uh, living entities, we would probably find music at the core of everything. So I just say that, you know, since we're natural people and um, we basically came with the planet and don't think that the planet and all the celestial orbs that are out there in the darkness of space as it was rotating around wasn't making some music. Come on, people. Anything that vibes, anything that moves, makes sound. When that sound is harmonious, it's just sweet music. And so we are natural people. And today, the particular music that we want to talk about, but we're up to talk about any music, but today we want to talk about that that brand of R&B, rhythm and blues, that came out of the 70s where it was given the label, and I really don't know by whom, but it's appropriate. Soul music. What, what What is soul music? You know, soul music, you know, we look at it with, uh, if you break down the music as you analyze and listen to it, you see that the delivery, the delivery of the music is emotional. It's passionate. It's, it has the same emotional content of blues. Uh, or even gospel. But the lyrics, the brothers and sisters of the 70s, they were poets. When they start speaking about different things uh, through um, their experiences in life, they would, th- their experiences in life was, was embedded in their heart and then nurtured in their soul. And then when they opened their mouth and delivered the contents of it, it was hit music. So soul music for me, I'm going to break it down as an acronym. Soul music. Soul. Sounds of universal love. Very simple. S-O-U-L. Sounds of universal love. That's what soul music means to me. 
you know, and I just love the process. I love seeing people, you know, putting it together. And then when they get it together, we can find ourselves being absorbed with their creative process and get in there and feel them. We can feel their pain. We can feel their joy. This is soul music, that passionate music that you was talking about, Rafika. And so I just wanted to take it a little bit deep there because we know sometimes go to the origin of the creativity. We only see the end results. Let me just say this, though. Artists can kind of bear witness to this. As they go into the studios or their laboratories and they're using that creative process to produce some music, whether it's vocally or, or they're laying down the beats and the tracks, trying to come up with the hooks and the, and the choruses and figuring out the change-ups, you know, maybe laying down some harmony, right? All that is a creative process. But at the end result of that creative process, guess what? It doesn't stop there when you, when you make that song. Now, somebody hears that song, and the creative process begins again because now somebody has to create a dance to it, right? Then a whole movement comes about from a song, from an expression of one's soul, a whole movement comes about. And that's a whole topic all by itself because you can't expect for us to create a movement, a cultural or social movement, without having a cultural corresponding movement to lead it in its way. And that cultural uh, corresponding movement is normally heavily laid with music. Just check out the history in the 70s and in the 60s when our people were trying to change our condition in a mass way. Music played a, a serious role in that. It was the music, you know, through our brothers, what I'm going to call the prince of social consciousness, my, my brother Curtis Mayfield. And and these type of men who and women who were producing music that made us think about loving ourselves and doing for ourselves, man, that was soul. They were speaking from the soul. And I say to you, the main question that we had coming into this, black music, where is our soul? Where did our consciousness go? So I just want to lay that framework for us, Rafika, you know, and... Um, I want to talk about some of those songs and some of those artists that came about and um, maybe even touch on some of their lyrics. And if you're listening out there, you just call call on in and talk about that favorite song that, that moved you, that transformed you, that energized you, that inspired you, the, the song that made you happy, the song that made you sad. You know, talk about that because that means that music had power. And I think we'll, we haven't we gotten to, we have gotten away from that. We we haven't gotten back to that level where music was actually moving us, or, you know, as Curtis Mayfield moving on up. You know, or, you know, it wasn't it didn't touch our soul. You know, so we got to get back to that. So Rafika, I must ask you before we go forward because I really don't know. During that era of music of that 1970s, what was one of your favorite artists? And tell us why. And what song that really touched you that made you understand the power of the expression of soul music? The 70s? Yes, oh. I know you're a little too young for that, but I, that's all right. I was right. going to say, I mean, um, <laughs> but, you know, even before we go into that conversation um, with the 70s, um, and I have something very heavy 
on my heart that I'm going to talk about in a, in a very short minute. But um, one of the things that I wanted to open up the conversation with was um, how music does shape errors. And the one song that comes to my mind when I think about the impact that music has had in telling our story as black people here in the wilderness of North America is um, Sam Cooke, A Change is Gonna Come. And um, when I hear that song, I immediately think about the struggles of the 60s. And it just doesn't matter when and where I hear it. I, I, my mind and my heart goes back to our people rioting and fighting and marching and protesting just nonstop with passion, trying to make the world a better place for black people here in this country. So with that being said, um, not having access to that song right now, I just want to let you know, James, Brother James, that we have a caller on the line that is a passionate um, artist himself, and I'm going to bring him in. Is that okay? Oh, that's quite all right. This is their show. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm very excited to uh, introduce our listening audience to uh, P13. And um, your mic is live, P13. Come in. I gotta excuse my, my my vocals right now. You know, I got a little cold, you know what I'm saying? So I'm working through that. Mm. Well brother, go ahead. I know you've been trying to make some music, so sometimes you do work uh, work your, your vocal cords a little bit hard, you know? Crazy to a lot. What's good? Oh man, you know, I know this is a topic that we are discussing about black music because it is special. Special people that make special things happen in uh, the state of black music, but we wanted to turn back the page because we're going to step through some of the errors over the next couple of weeks, and we wanted to talk about that soul music that you know what people don't realize. And I and I'm going to say to you, brother P13, you are an extraordinary rapper, right? And if we looked at the history of a rap or hip hop, right, we'll find that some people start think it started 20 years ago. But if we can search the annals of time, we can find brothers like James Brown 30 years ago rapping on, right. on wax. 40 years ago. Yeah. 40 years. 40 Go ahead, bro. <laughs> yes, sir. The last so, poet. Oh, yeah, the last poets. You know, and so this is what we want to talk about. We want to talk about where did the soul go and the consciousness go in black music? Uh. It's like the OJ said, man, for the love of money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The devil don't want, you know, the people that own these labels, they have an agenda. You know, and they don't want they don't want soul in the music. They don't want consciousness in the music. They want a self-destructive lifestyle, a degenerate culture to be promoted in the music so that they can keep control over the masses because the same people that uh, uh, run these uh, runs the music business. The same people that run the movie business. The same people that run your favorite news channel. You know, and it's one big conglomerate under different umbrellas. You know, uh, it's more commonly in the streets. It's more commonly known as the Illuminati, but we don't call them that. You know, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad referred to them as the ten percent, a small clique of the leaders that are blood suckers of the poor. You know, and uh. That's where the soul went, man. You know, the devil puts a contract in front of you and he tells you what he wants. You look at all them zeros, you give him what he wants. Mm. 
even if before you met him, you were doing something else. Mm. Well, brother, let me ask you, though. Can you recall the time when you were back in grade school where they actually had music classes and things of that nature, and then at some point, and this probably happened all over America, in schools where they were threatening about cutting the music programs? Of course. Well, see, that's all part of the plan. See, music is probably the most powerful tool that you can use for learning. Uh, Hooked on phonics. You know, right now my baby, she's one years old, and she's learning through through Hooked on phonics. And and it's just a very powerful tool. But they don't want us, you know, they, look, they know the time, brother. And I'm talking about those wise ones. They Mm -hmm. know the time. They're in the Masonic Lodge. They know, you know, the prophecy. They know about the one who was hit in the shallow, in the hit in the head and buried in the shallow grave, you know, Hiram Abyss, and that it was going to take one with a master grip to come and pull him out of that shallow grave. They understand mm-hmm. that one is coming with a master grip to pull us out of the shallow grave in which we've been placed in after we were hit in our head. Hit in the head just means robbed of knowledge. A knowledge of yourself, a knowledge of your history, a knowledge of your culture. So now we have adopted a totally alien culture, you know. But now, if they want to stay above us, they can't educate us properly. Man, it has been said for many, many, many times over and over again. A man who does not treat you right will not teach you right. So now, when they have their schools going on, and we started integrating, you know, see, before integration, they can keep their schools going the way they want and just do us any kind of way. But now with integration, we started integrating, so now they have to remove certain things out of the school altogether. Mm-hmm. So now they, re- they remove hooked on phonics and all of these learning tools, that, are, that, are, that all of these tools that were used for music, they remove that and then they replace it with a degenerate culture of the music that you hear over the radio. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the radio, the music over the radio was a gradual process. It wasn't always like that, you see? But as we get closer to the end, those of us who study Bible and study Scripture, who know the book of Revelation, these are the days that we are living in. And as we get closer to the end, the more desperate the devil becomes to keep this rule. So now, mm. it's even more so in the music. It's, it's, it's purposely perpetuated and, and pushed in the music. Degenerate you know, fit on wholesale on a wholesale tip. Well, so they're creating a, a culture of decadence and weakness and slackness to the music. Is is that right? Correct. And the same methodology that they use, and we can use that same method to create a mindset and a movement towards righteousness and strength. You know, of course and we can. Absolutely, and so being uh, um. Uh, one of those 5%, we know that we have to work twice as hard to try to liberate our people and use this vehicle. Music is, is, is a vehicle, brother, you know. And yeah. for those who get on it and ride it, you know, they're riding to a certain vibration. And the one thing I want to say, and I didn't say earlier, is that, and you touched on it with the, the Hooked on Phonics, using music as a learning tool. Do you know that the vibrations of music actually helps to develop the brain and the cognitive thinking process? Wow. See, look at that. 
You see, so the the very they have therapy, they have music therapy, brother, that they use for help to heal people because it helps them to change their thinking and helps them to to develop their more their creative process to to rebuild cells wow. and to re, re you know to re-energize and and get their 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 their, their vigor up again. See, because wow. music is so powerful, it can change your mood. Yeah, exactly. The music exactly. amplifies your thoughts. Yes, yes, brother, yes. You see, it's, this is why we have to be careful of the music that we listen to, because right. underneath the music itself, they could be putting subliminal suggestions in us for us to do all this that's massive right. craziness stuff that, that's going on in America today right. and all over the planet. That's right. that's right. You know, so we need artists to be fighters. And like you said about the OJs for the love of money, but you know that's one of my favorite groups of OJs. You said OJs. The first uh, thing I thought about is the Stairway to Heaven. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, they talked about the Stairway to Heaven, brother. You know, and yes. um, I said to myself, "Here's what's missing: the keys." There was a time where artists could say in his opening line in his song, "I thank God for you." Right. Right. You know, my man said, I thank God for you. And she came back to me, I thank the angels for you. Right. Righteousness and R&B. Right there in soul music. We can right. talk about that. But where's right. the love? Where Where did it go? Where did it go? You know, and how do we get it back? That's the topic for the day. You know what I mean? Yes, so, sir. Pete, you are one of ours. Um, you know, rising stars that we know that are going to exemplify the right vibration to get our youth and some of us old heads together and move in the right direction and, and vibe with what's, what's righteousness. You know what I mean? We can do this through music, brother. We definitely yes, can. Brother. Well, yes, I want to I wanna take a moment before we go further into our conversation to state that uh, P13 is going to be our featured guest on Thursday. At six o'clock here on the Keys 107, we're gonna get dig deep into his background because this brother goes way back in the music business in the early days of hip hop, which was his influence. All right, all right, we can definitely do that. <laughs> we're gonna jam some of his songs. Um, P13 reminds me of the early days of Public Enemy with that driving music, that fight the power. We got to march. We got to mobilize. We got to move. We got to do something. <laughs> That's right. That's, That's right. The only, difference, the only difference between uh, me and Chuck D is, you know, I'm taking it a step further. I'm saying, man, we need to bust the devil head wide open. <laughs> you know, we need to get bloody. I mean, we we getting bloody killing up one another. And I don't mean it in the literal sense, but I mean it in the literal sense, too. But not but just in the literal sense, but in the spiritual and mental sense as well. You know, it's time to it's time to smash them. You know, it's it's time to go go all in or go all out. Well, brother, listen. When we look around and we see ninety percent of the murders and homicides that are taking place in America and our black communities are being uh, committed by black folk on black folk. And so we have to, when we talk about murdering the devil, we have to get into that mindset. And this is what we're talking about. This is a scientific way of getting into the minds of our people and turning that negative to a positive, you know. And, and so you're fighting a war from up high. I see 
the hip hop world right now, if they really change change the language to what they're talking about, they would be like the Air Force dropping leaflets from the sky and yes, you know, creating a whole nother mindset among our people. And so it's mostly it's definitely necessary, you know, and, and I think we all recognize it. It's just a hard job, but we up for the task, you know, ain't no no, no weakness here. We up for yes, the task sir. to, you know, go get our people and make this a pleasant yes, experience while we live. You know. So, um, brother, take us back. What is your, some of your early influence in terms of, you know, um, the 1970s? And you, I know YouTube might say, but brother, I don't know nothing about the 1970s, but they, that's my mama music. That's what they tell me. There's no, I, was, I mean, I was, I was, I mean, I was a youngin back then, but I was still old enough. You know, all children remember. You know what I'm saying? Their first, you know, even as a child, when you hear a song you like, you remember that song. You know, and I remember. Um, I remember more the 80s, which were, you know, then I do the 70s, but I do mm-hmm. remember some of the stuff from the 70s, you know, that I felt was funky. I couldn't name you a lot of groups and names. I'd, I'd have to hear the song and, and know. But as far as hip-hop goes, that's when I first uh, discovered Cold Crush. Yeah. That I remember. Uh, it blew me away uh, because I was living in Chicago. I'm from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I used to go visit the Bronx in the summertime as a shorty. And my cousin said, man, you got to hear this. And he pops his tape in, and it's nothing like it's like nothing I've never heard before in my life, you know. And it just totally blew me away. It was Cold Crush performing live, and it blew me away. And after that, I wanted more, you know. I wanted, I wanted, you know, I started getting more in, into the hip-hop and taking stuff back to me, back with me to Chicago. And I guess that was my greatest influence was mm. listening to... Um, you know, Cold Crush was my greatest influence in the late seventies when I discovered hip hop. Mm. But there's a well, lot know, more. I just said the name names off the top. Yes, I, I do understand, but I want to put a point in case you said Chicago. The, the, these are centers, uh, powerhouse centers where black music has been produced over the eons. Chicago, Detroit, take it down into Atlanta. You know, whole, the whole Southern vibe and Mem- Memphis. You know, the, the songs that were coming up, especially uh, back there, they was doing the blues. The blues always had a significant story to tell, you know. And don't think that when you see hip-hop and other forms of music that we didn't blend or borrow from the previous, the music that came before us. You see, right. a, a true a true lyricist, true true hip-hop head it's going going to be able to do the blues basically because you talking it's just another form is a is a, a up to date blues that you're talking about. All you're doing is sharing the pain that you see among your people, or, or it could be a broken heart or a busted pocket. You know what I'm saying? Or, or, or your or, or your or your dude just got dropped. You know, in the middle of the street there, laying in a puddle of blood. That's the, you crying the blues there. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we change the language, we give it a different title, we shape it up, but it's still the same thing. We got a story to tell. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, and we got to keep telling the story so that everyone be informed of what our next move needs to be. You know. So I, I think, brother, when I um when I look at the history of music, especially music in America, right? I always know we can count on Shy Town to produce some marvelous artists, you know, whether it's hip hop, R and B, you know, even jazz performers. 
I know we always can look at Detroit and it was favorite famous for the Motown experience. But when we got the East Coast, the East Coast, the New York experience, of course, um, the early 70s, we always had groups like the Black Ivory and a few others coming up out of there, you know. But then you got the Philadelphia Sounds with Gamble and Huff and them, you know, they, who we spoke about the OJs, the Harold Melvin, the Blue Notes, the Spinners, you know, the Stylistics, all those kind of folks came from that uh, creative process out of Philadelphia. We've always had some outstanding artists in Washington, D.C., and so forth. So, and then, not to forget the left coast, the west coast, because, you know, you remember in the early days of hip-hop, the east coast seemed like they were dominating, but then, when we looked up, the west coast had it going on. You know? Had it going on. Had artists coming out of there, and they were doing their thing. You know? So, we are, and all our sounds are different as we move around the country. You know, you see that our sounds are different. So it's a good thing that we are blending music and we are creating uh, sounds that hopefully that we can move our people in the right direction to freedom, justice, and equality. Right. So, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I want to, this reason why we want to talk about music for a couple of weeks is that we want to keep that passion. You know, we've, I don't know if you've heard this, uh, but I've heard a number of people have said, you know what, I can't listen to radio no more. Right. And you said, why? I definitely don't listen, I definitely don't listen to the radio at all. You know, I don't I don't listen to it. Unless it's like uh, some light FM type channel late at night, I'm trying to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I might put on that, some of that light FM stuff. But other than that, I don't listen to the radio at all. I don't let no one program to me what I must listen to. I'm my right. own music. That's right. <laughs> and so am I. <laughs> so am I, brother. You know, and, and, and you know what? And it's only right. You know, we should be the guardians of what we put in our ears. That's you know, right. Because if you let it get into your ear, then it can seep down into your mind. And before you know it's part of your consciousness. And then you'll start right. acting upon things that right. you ain't. Why am I acting like this? Why am I talking like this? Why am I thinking sure. like this? Well, what you been listening to? Yes, Maybe you got to change your frequency, you know? <laughs> you know. So it's important that we guard the airwaves because as our beloved leader taught us a long time ago, he said that the airwaves are circuit, sacred and that, you know, we have to protect them. You can't take back anything. Once you put it out there, it's out there. So we have to guard our tongue and guard our ears, you know, if we're going to try to make it into the hereafter. Yes, sir. I agree, dog. I agree yes. 100%. Yes, a lot sir. of times, see, the devil is not, you know, he's very wise, you know, and a lot of the rappers are garbage, but some of them actually can't spit. And then for the most part, the beats go hard. So a lot of times, I get in the, let's say I get in the car with an FOI and he's playing something, and I'm very, you know, I'm very like, if you were FOI, I'm on the case about that. You feel me? Mm-hmm. I jump in the car and I say, man, what you listening to this for? He said, I like the beat. I said, man, the beat, matter of fact, coming home, <laughs> coming home from uh, Savior's Day, you know, Holy Day of Atonement, 2000, I think it was, when he spoke in Philly. What year was that when he did Philly, Holy Day of Atonement? That was two was that two it? years ago. All right, yeah, 2011, mm-hmm. 2010. All right, I'm coming, we're coming back, I'm in the back of the van. And the brothers is listening to some Nicki Minaj remix with Lil Wayne. And I'm like, man, look, I don't listen to that, man. He said, brother, we just like the beat. I said, no, 
you could like to beat all day, but what they talking about is going into your mind and your psyche feeding off of that. And I don't get down like that. So we just listen. I don't want to hear that. Look, man, y'all got to cut that off or it's going to be a problem in the van. Mm. They had to cut it off, and they was not happy about it. But it's like, look, man, Bongo Elijah Muhammad teaches us that the original man is the Asiatic black man, the maker, the owner, the cream of the planet Earth, God of the universe. Master Farad Muhammad says he didn't come to make followers. He came to make God. So now, how are you going to be God if you're feeding your mind God? See, because to be God, it starts from the mind. That's right. The mind is the key to it all. So if you want to be like God or be a God, child of the most high God, then you have to raise your mind of thinking to the level of God. And how can you do that if you feed me off Satan's faith? Yes. See what I'm saying? That, yes, so, sir, bro. you know, it, 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 we have to be very careful about, man, the beast go hard. And, and, you know, one day, man, I was listening, Lil Wayne came on, and I was just curious. You know, I said, well, let me hear the boy spit. This was some years back. I said, well, let me hear the boy spit. And the boy was spitting up to that where the boy actually can spit. You know what I'm saying? And that's how they get you. See, the boy can spit, and you're so caught up in the spit that you're not even caught up on what he's feeding you through the spit. Mm. You understand know what I'm saying? And you listening to the, you, he's flowing, he's nice, but you ain't checking out the fact that now all of a sudden you're wearing girl pants. Mm. You weren't wearing girl pants a year ago, but not the day you're wearing girl pants. Well, where did that come from? Well, mm. your favorite rapper wears girl pants. You know? And now you got this fad now where a lot of these young brothers and sisters, they say they want to be a part of what is called the Illuminati. They want to be Illuminati puppets because of the power and the success. See, this is where it's going to. See, this is where it's going to. Now it has become a trend to follow faith because mm. of what the rappers are promoting. You know? Well, brother, you know, this is why we have to change it. You know, let me just say this. If we break down, like you said, um, you're talking about spit, spitting meaning the delivery of... Yeah, the delivery. Uh, my yes. for those that you know, it's fine, it's fine. Cause we don't know who listening. We got to make it plain for them. But let me just—I want to break down to those components of a hit song or of a song that can make a real impact. And one of the things is the beat. You said the brothers in the van—they were listening to the beats. It was the the rhythm. It was yeah. it was the vibration that they got caught up in that rhythm, right? Because wow. all music is the calculation of beats and and per minute, right? You you're calculating wow. vibes. And so they, they get caught with the right vibe, you're going to bounce to it, right? And now you're open to listening it. You know, if you ever wow. watched the, the, uh, our, uh, our brethren over there in the East who are uh, uh, of the Jewish persuasion, you might see them actually um, bou- um, uh, bouncing back and forth as they're reading the Torah, right? They got a rhythm going as they're reading it, and they're reading it, wow. and so they're trying to absorb it. The, the, the motion itself and the, and the articulation of the words is allowing that that those words be ingrained into their mind, into their brain, and it becomes part of it. You see it in in in, in, in our Islamic uh, communities. They be dickering it, you know, uh, reading Quran and 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 just the rhythmic reading of the Quran and the and the, the movement of the beads. It, it it clicks 
in them and, and they retain that information. So the rhythm is very, very important. It's the opening. Yeah. It's the opening of yeah. the mind, of the heart, and the soul. But then, yeah. then, brother, right, in hip-hop, you have to have the, that crazy hook, you know, yeah. that everybody can remember, you know? Yeah, it's got to be catchy. That's why it's called the hook. It That's right. You hook you in, right? It's called the chorus. And <laughs> then the chorus. Called the chorus. Now it's yes, called sir. the hook because they're trying to hook you in. That's right. That's right. And why? Because they got they're gonna head you head you and gut you. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. You like a fish. You know? And once you get yeah, on the hook, sure. they can do what they want to do with you then. You know? And that's why you see them, like you said. They've been hooked and now they're walking around with girly pants on. They're walking around, yeah. you know, with a different mindset and you and they don't even know how they got there. Right. But, but it's wow. through the beats, it's through the hooks and the delivery, and then the lyrics, and then also the love of materialism. Mm-hmm. You gotta understand if you grew up in the hood having nothing, you know, and you see these people emulating having everything, then of course you become a mouse following pipe piper. Mm. You know, and you feel like they getting it. I want to get it like they getting it, so I gotta get down how they getting down. And it goes back yeah. to what I said, the love of money. That's to me that's the that's the total that's the the, the the biggest problem is the love and want of money. And there's nothing wrong with want money. I mean in this society it's a capitalistic country. You need yeah. money to just live. You feel me? But when mm-hmm. it becomes in an in inordinate obsession, an inordinate greed, you know what I'm saying, where you you, you want more than what you need. You know, so that you can have these materialistic objects that you don't need to live. You know, look, a lot. Most of us in the hood don't got rims. We still breathing. We still alive. Mm. You understand? Well, so you don't really need these things. It's just something. You know, I don't know. Just and it has a lot to do with our self-esteem. As well, black people, we have low self-esteem. So when we have these materialistic things, it it makes us seem like we're better. You know, we're, you, know, you know, it blows up our esteem. You know, we the, we the, I'm the man now. You see this pinky ring? I'm the man. And you ain't the man because you ain't even taking care of your baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, you know what? I, I'm listening to you, uh, P13 and James, and I'm just thinking, you know, if, if the message in the music was positive and the images in the video were positive and they were driving people towards positivity, towards upliftment, towards movement, um, then you would say, okay, let it run. But today's music, um, we talked about how music defines an era. For young people today, the advent of the, um, what did you call it, the the, the, the bling yeah. and the um, the flossing and, you know, I got to have mine and they're going around promoting and advocating for uh, multi-million dollar companies that don't give them a penny. And right. or, or or no respect, but yet they you know they have it's it's important for them to stamp who they are by what they have these things these material things and this is a generation that some of them will never achieve the right. nearly near those things but that um, has defined an era in music for um, our community. Well, let me yep. just say this also on that today's music I couldn't tell you what the percentage of songs. 
that are focused on get money or get bling bling. But it's a very high percentage of the songs and artists that talk about that. And that's the difference. This era of music is being defined about, like you said, the materialistic stuff versus um, uh, the music of the yesteryear that their whole purpose was love. 90% of the songs back in the soul music era spoke about love, and we know that love is the greatest force. So that's when we made a lot of progress during those days. You know, and we're lacking with progress because we're not inspired enough now to do things out of love instead of out of lust or out of material greed. You know what right. I'm saying? Right, and that's what happened to hip-hop. That's what yeah. That's why now there was a time in hip-hop when every artist was original. He knew who was who just by the sound. You didn't have to hear the name or nothing. The sound itself, you knew, okay, that's LL. That's from DMC. That's Houdini. That's the Beastie Boys. You knew everybody was themselves. If you if you walked into a crowd and you seen the you know the tall dude with the Kango and the troop suit on, you knew that was LL because nobody else dressed like that. You mm-hmm. see the dude with the all black with the black derbies on with the Adidas on, you knew that was Run DMC because nobody else dresses like that. Everybody had their own original style. Now mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a cookie cutter. You know, everyone is the same, everyone sounds the same, everyone talks about the same thing, and the main thing is, you know, when people tell me about this, a rapper that they know about, the first thing they say is, man, he sound like T.I., man, he sound like Lil Wayne, man, he sound like, like, that's good, and I look at them like, all right, you just lost me, because that's not good, Lil Wayne, there's already a Lil Wayne in the world, you know, right. we need someone who sounds like themselves, mm. you feel me, and that's and it's because of the love of money. Once a hit became a hit, now that's the standard. Now everybody has to do a song like that and try to make a hit off the same sound because no one loves the art more than they love money. You know, it used to be about the art, about putting something out there that people feel. And if the money comes, the money comes. That's a true artist. A true artist isn't driven by money. Mm. But today, mm. the industry lacks true artistry. Mm. Well, and then people, when you, when you, yeah, go ahead. Please. I was going to say, people, we have a, uh, another uh, caller on the line who just want to chime in a little bit and, and, and share his thoughts, but we're going to hold that thought because we're going to tweet that out there. You know, that yes, we're going to have to quote you on what you said. Today's yes, artist sir. is driven by the love of money. Yes. You know yes. what I'm saying? So that tweet is about to go out there, you know, P13 in the yes, house. <laughs> All right. Thank you, my brother. Um, brother uh, Martin, are you on the line? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How you doing, black man? I'm well. I'm well. How are you? Good, good, good. So you've been hearing this conversation. Go ahead and chime in wherever you want to start with your thoughts about the state of black music, the soul. Where's the soul? Where did it go? Where's the consciousness in our music? How can we get it back? Well, I think... First of all, I, uh, I'm, I'm honored to be able to weigh in on the discussion um, for a couple reasons. First, because I'm I represent the younger generation. Uh, you know, I'm 23 years old, um, so you know, in, in hindsight, I'm really not as really as as experienced as you know you, James, or, or P13 in terms of the history 
Um, but in terms of the now and, and, you know, the conversation that you're having about the way music is now, I can certainly weigh in. Um, and also because uh, there, this kind of content is also what uh, we talk about on our show on The Collective um, a lot in a different kind of, a little bit of a different context, but generally the same message. And that's how uh, how how music is is reaching people kind of the nature of music i i really i appreciate the conversation so much first of all and and i think i wanted to just um expound on what the brother p13 was talking about with the originality and the artistry and uh i think for me i can i think i can best speak for kind of the hip-hop mold right now because i mm-hmm. i mean I, I listen to just about everything but i listen to hip-hop more than anything else and um i i can I can speak for um, what what you what he was saying about Little Wayne um, is you know it's so true, and for me uh, it's 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 a pleasure because I, you know I used to be a, a real fan of Little Wayne. Now I think he used to be much better in terms of his originality, like the brother was talking about, in terms of his approach. And I think he's become a little more generic in that all he talks about now is drugs, sex, and money. I mean, literally, if I, I go through a Little Wayne album. There are three subjects: drugs, sex, and money. That's right. And, and and that's all you're getting from him. And and I can you know and I want I'll veer off. There's a brother named Kendrick Lamar who I think is doing something that is much better than if you compare it to Lil Wayne. I think just kind of a side note: the brother Kendrick Lamar I think is probably the one example I can think of in hip hop now that I can say is putting out something original and that I can. I can feel on a deeper level than just man that thing goes hard or yeah man I can you know I can bob my head to this and just sing along like I can you know I have to listen to the words and actually feel where he's coming from in order for me to to really understand the context of the song and uh, I think that's really the you know the beauty of music and in terms of black music you look at brothers like Little Wayne and and. And again, I, I'm, I'm a part of the generation that does listen to these people, so I, I can't I can't leave myself out of this because I, again, I'm part of the generation. But you've got brothers like Lil Wayne, brothers like French Montana, brothers like Rick Ross and Meek Mill, and you know those guys who are just everywhere. You see them everywhere, and like the brother said, you know you hear the the name is on something, and boom, it's golden. It's on the radio, everybody knows about it. But you know. For me, I think when I sit back and, and look at this stuff as objectively as possible and I'm looking at the scene and I'm like, well, you know, I'm not going to be listening to that every day. That's not my that's not my go-to in, in terms of that lane, uh, you know, where it's not as substantive. I'm looking for, in terms of my music, I'm looking for something that's going to reach me on a deeper level than just that surface level of, you know, man, that sounds good. or, or You know, it, it's, it's just kind of just a sense of looking for more, I guess. Mm. Mm. So you finding right now as you listening to music as a young man coming up and analyzing it because it sounds as if you're looking at it from um from a diff- from a different perspective, you know, um, the lyrics are lacking or the substance is lacking in the music. Is that is that is that true in terms of what you're talking here? I you know I would certainly say so. And I would say so because as I've grown older, I've become a much um, much more diverse listener. I listen to just about everything except country, to be honest. I mean, I, I love 
all kinds of music and sounds and you know I've got friends that are producers and stuff and we you know I I like to absorb all kinds of different music but I think that nature is almost a result of because I was big on hip-hop growing up listening to Jada Kiss and all those guys but I think I kind of veered off into different stuff because yes I think the content did get a little too narrow a little too generic and I I felt the need to look elsewhere so we need a we need a cultural revolution rather than hip hop, <laughs> right? I would have to agree. Absolutely, I would have to agree. And again, I, I think uh, the one person I can speak for again for for the way I'm, I'm looking at the hip hop scope right now, I think the brother Kendrick Lamar and also the brother J Cole. I think the both of them are are actually doing positive things in hip hop, and I feel like I can honestly say that. Because I've been I've been I've been a fan of theirs for quite some time now. I think what they're doing is actually does something positive for the genre. But to say that I can only say two people, I think definitely says something. Mm. So most positive voices and vibes are not even getting out getting out to the people because you got to know that there's got to be some others out there trying to produce something that's wholesome and right uh, for young people to listen to, and they're just not being heard. Right, and what reaches the masses also what I, I love what you guys talked about earlier about what makes a hit song, and I, I kind of missed it because I was talking to uh, Rafika in the chat. But um, it's when it comes to make it what you when you want to reach the masses, at least now I feel like the uh, uh, I feel like the tendency isn't to come with something real; it's to come with something hot. Mm. And there's there's a difference. We talked about it on on our show. The difference between between good and hot. Something can be hot and be a bad song. Right. If 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 you if you follow my mindset, and and it re, it happens so much in hip hop. Is the, the guy French Montana's Little Wayne's? You know those guys. They make living. They make a living off songs that may be hot. They play in the clubs and they play. You know when people are in, in driving in the car, but. They're not. They're not necessarily good songs. They're just hot. Family. Assalamu alaikum, family. Wa alaikum. Yes, um, I'm just giving a call in. Um, you know, I was just uh, brought aware of the the, uh, the the blog radio by another sister in South Carolina. Actually, I'm a musician and I've taught music for about mm, 24, 27 years or so. And you know, we're, we're looking at cause and effect. And one of the things when studying the music of antiquity. Um, one of the things that the Greeks took, of course, from us, uh, original people, is that when you can control the type of music that the youth are exposed to, you can control the behavior. Mm-hmm. So what we're looking at, not so much, see, we're spending some time, and we have to, on the effect, but not necessarily the cause. You're looking at wise people who are designing what we, uh, what is actually um, they're controlling what the youth are being exposed to because it serves their agenda. It makes them wealthy, and at the same time, it continues to dumb us down. So we really have to look at it from the perspective of there has to be first the education and the teaching and the word first because what else would they have to sing or rap about if the word and if truth and divine guidance is not taught to them, so they'll only speak out of what they have. Experience. You understand what I'm saying? That's what sure. we're dealing with. And, again, when you can control 
what all of society is exposed to. It first starts with the young people, though. This was what the Greeks gathered from the Egyptians. When they can control that thing, whatever the youth are exposed to, that will be that, that a certain behavior will follow. And they predict exactly the future. Correct. So that's exactly what we're dealing with. And just today I was driving along listening to some of Stevie Wonder's stuff, jamming the Master Blaster, and mm-hmm. I'm listening to the lyrics that's in it. He's speaking about the freedom that has come to Zimbabwe and how they want us to join their army and fight, but we say, no, we're going to let all of that stuff go through our hands because right now our destination is the brightest star. So when we begin to expose our young people to global realities, global truth, scriptural truth, then they'll have something to put in the music. And if you look at David the psalmist in the Mm -hmm. Bible, Notice that the majority of the psalm starts to the chief musician, to the chief musician. It's because divine guidance in the word, David wrote in word form. And once he had the word, he gave the word to the chief musician to say, now compose and give it to the people and feed them this. And you will also find that present in the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, where he tells many of the rappers and entertainers, take the word and put it in the music. Yes, get the funky beat that they can bop to, but take this, give them this, and let them put this into the music. So I think it's going to have, it has to be a revolution from the preacher, from the teacher, from the imam, from the adults, from the music teachers. We have to give them truth, reality, global events, that they have some sort substance to pull from to then into the music. But if they don't have that, they'll fall victim to the one who knows how to control their behavior, and unfortunately, it's coming through the music. Well, brother, you so eloquently play, um, placed on the ears of oh, our listeners. Yes, sir. Brother, please identify yourself and let us know who we listen to, because this is a wonderful thing that we're opening up this dialogue, and we're going to have many more as time goes along, and you are definitely welcome to... Um, share and to help educate us in, in, in this music process. And you sound like you could do a whole lot more. So t- let us know what your name is, brother, and where you're from again. Uh, brother Victor Muhammad, I'm from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, actually. You, your, your radio station is in L.A., correct? No, actually, that is, it, we're in New York, but we are York, actually okay. a network. And we okay. have shows that come out of Chicago, um, Boston, um, you know, um, uh, Philly, in New mm-hmm. York. Awesome. We're all over. Awesome. We have 12 different shows on the network Beautiful. on Blog Talk Radio. Beautiful. And this is well, what we do. I, brother, it's a blessing. You know, I welcome the opportunity. It's just one more, um, I guess this is one more of those uh, those tools. You know, if you look at um, uh, uh, David, at one point, David being on the run from Saul, he was given Goliath's sword. And I find that very interesting as we look at Goliath and what has Goliath always used in modern day terms, he's used music, he's used mod, he's used radio waves to destroy people. So this is one way of using that same sword to liberate and educate. Yes, sir. I think P one blessing. P one three can relate to the swords, right, brothers? <laughs> <laughs> it's a blessing, brothers. I thank you for um, allowing me the time, and I thank uh, Sister Rita out of South Carolina who introduced me to the uh, the program. 
Well, we thank Sister Rita and we thank you, and mostly we thank Allah for allowing us to be able to open this forum so we can express our thing, ourselves in this way. Thank you, my brother, for your participation. Just hang on in line. If you got something, hit the number one again, and my my sister Rafika will bring you back on. Okay, thank All you. All praises due to Allah. Thank you, family. Yes. Wow, isn't that something? You know, here is a man who teaches music and is a musician, and I'm just going to go back to two things that we talked about, and that and it's very critical about the the hit songs. And you talked about bringing something with substance, something that's good versus something that's hot, you know. Something that's on fire will burn out, but something that has substance may burn forever. And so songs of yesteryear, if you can remember the artist, if you can remember the hook, if you can remember the lyrics, it had substance, had some type of substance. So it lasts for a generation or two or maybe three, or maybe it lasts forever. We ain't making songs today that are going to last forever. Today, an artist will put out a song, and then he has to put out another song, and he has to put out another song before people forget his name. But we yep. still can talk about the Temptations. Hmm. That's right. <laughs> I think everybody heard a Curtis Mayfield song, right? That's right. That's right. Hey, y'all didn't forget about Earth, Wind, and Fire, did you? No, sir. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. We, can talk, we can talk about devotion and reasons because they were putting out substantive songs. And the making of those songs, brothers, they had wonderful beats and rhythms. But check this out. When I look back at yesteryear's songs, you see them bringing in the violin, <laughs> the cello, right? They had guitars and pianos, but then they would bring in the brass and actually have a saxophonist in the song. Or somebody break out a flute on you in a minute. See? So you had real musicians in the music. And I'm telling you, when we talk about a revolution in hip-hop, because hip-hop has the greatest uh, propensity to give um, a listening audience a storyline. Now, we get that real music behind that storyline. We've tampered with that in hip-hop, where we fuse some jazz, you know, sometimes, you know, jazz and, and hip-hop. I don't know, whatever, they, they didn't really give it a name. But I believe that's one of the things that have to happen. Real musicians have to come back in with the lyricists to make a change. Well, that has know, to be a movement. One of the things I want to I want to talk about before we go to a commercial break, and I have uh, a special song and another song, two songs that I want to play that help set a particular time. But I want to go back to the day when we anticipated the release of a record. I know Martin and Lawrence and Tommy and Jason on their show, The Collectors, have touched on this too. The anticipation of waiting for that uh, that artist to come out with that record. When I was a little girl, it was Jackson 5, it was Michael Jackson. When they came out with a record, uh, we went to the record store, we bought the album, we took mm. the album with us to school, <laughs> and it was the conversation piece. And you walk through the hall with that album under your arm. You were the person that day because you had the album. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's real. I mean, yeah, that's real. That's right. That's real, man. That's real. I remember when I was in junior high. I would do that, man. When I got the um, I got the radio album from LL. I got the Hard Times and the King of Rock from Run DMC, and I took it to the studio. And I was the wow. man that day. Everybody That's wanted to it. hold the record and look at the record. 
That's right. And if you if you Y'all talk about, ball, about ball what? Well, you better give me back my record. <laughs> so that's right. Don't ask me. And you could not take a Michael Jackson album out of my a Jackson Five album out of my house. It's not happening. But I could tell you the uh, every cut on the album. I could tell you some of the musicians that was on the album. And I even remember when the air personality, when the radio stations would talk about a song and they would say, um, you know, on, on that Eddie Kendrick's track, uh, Bobby McFerrin was playing, you know, uh, percussion. And people would be like, wow, Bobby McFerrin played on that album? They don't talk about no musicians no more. It, you know, what you're going to do, bring a little CD around with you and show somebody your CD? <laughs> And Rafika, I can't tell you the last time I purchased an album. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, you I literally like my... can't tell you. <laughs> an album. I know. What's that? <laughs> I, literally. I mean, all, all praise. I mean, technology gets me by, but literally, I, I I can't tell you the last time I went into a store and purchased an album. And, and what that has done, Martin, is that it has taken away that, that physical feeling of touching that album, you know, of walking into yeah. that record store and flipping through and finding that new CD one. I remember when Songs in the Key of Life came out and, and, and that mm. song where he goes, wow, skyscrapers and everything. People were walking around <laughs> looking up at the sky saying, whoa, skyscrapers and everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and even today when you hear that song, it just takes you back to that era. And that and that is what good music is supposed to do. It's supposed to bring out an emotion in you. So now, everybody, please hold on. I know we're getting heated. Um, I'm feeling it. But I want to play this song. And I know a lot of you don't know the artist who's singing it, but you'll know the song. So the Keys 107 has a special treat. Listen up. We'll be right back. my 
Unlocking the doors to unlimited possibilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Blog Talk Radio with your host, Brother James 14 Muhammad. We're back with the Keys 107 and our very um, exciting discussion on black music and how music helps to define errors. And I played that song because that Roberta Flack song, the first time ever I saw your face, takes me back to the early days when my family would be in the living room and that song would come on and my mother would say, shh, don't you talk now because Roberta Flack is on. That's a fond memory for me with my family, so I just wanted to share that with you. That artist that sung that song is not Roberta Flack. That's a cover by VP Records recording artist, um, or VP Records released this song by uh, a reggae artist named Shinehead. So, Brother James and Peter Keenan. (laughs) That's right. Who said that, P13? No, Brother Victor, that's a don't give me no crack, brother. Mm. Way back now, you going too far back. <laughs> yes, shiny head. Ever since rap got some publicity, all we ever think about is sucker MCs mm. come together, right? Mm. Come, on, come on, come on. <laughs> That's the man, shine head. Beautiful song. He did a beautiful version of that. Yes, he did. For the black song. Yes, well, that shows you the diversity that our people have, that we're creative beings and we are multi dimensional and so he just wanted to show us that I could do this too and that they appreciate like if you listen to uh, uh, a lot of uh, reggae because my wife was very strong in that in that community the reggae music community when you look at some of their influences they were um, mm-hmm. uh, African American as they claimed us artists that they would study and appreciate our music and mm-hmm. yet they already had their own but they yeah. always have had appreciation for ours, and we have learned to have a great appreciation for theirs. So, you know, I don't want to get into the Bob Marley right now because that's another – he's a topic by all by himself in terms yes, of black sir. music. <laughs> you know, but, well, you know um, what? You, you just touched on a very important point, James, that I wanted to make um, with music is that music is universal, and music is the one key that can open up the door just basic conversation you know some people can't speak the language but they'll know the lyrics you know and as we were talking earlier that could be the harm or that could be the um the inspiration with a song because this song is is harmful to a community and its representation of that community it could people all over the world are singing those lyrics but if it's an inspirational song then people all over the world are singing those lyrics Mm. Very true. And like Brother uh, Victor, as you were able to remember the um, the lyrics that you just um, put out there, right, I, I I could take it 40 years ago and I can remember. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm an old head. I just look young. All praise is due to Allah for the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I could take you back to songs where I haven't heard in 20 years. And, and I, I opened up earlier that the music used to used to be able to hear praising of God in the music or talking about positive mm-hmm. things. And I can remember a song that I actually sung to my wife at a wedding, This Must Be Heaven. <laughs> you know? Okay, Fika, you know you loved it, but This mm-hmm. Must Be Heaven, you know? And and, yes. and, 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 and and it was talking about the union between man and woman. 
This must mm-hmm. be heaven. And I can remember the lyrics. You know, brother spoke about o, the OJs. The first mm-hmm. song that came to my mind was The Stairway to Heaven. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. That was a song. You know, and it takes me to a place, like she said, an emotional attachment to family. You know, and mm-hmm. that's what we need to get back to music. We got, does the songs of today, does it attach you back to your family? Back to your mm-hmm. family? Mm. You know what? As you're talking, I'm thinking about the song. I don't remember the artist right now. Maybe everybody on the line can help me with this one where he says, um, I pulled the moon out of the sky for you. I crossed the desert on my knees for you. (laughs) They don't make lyrics like that no more. Pull the moon Mm. out of the Mm. sky for you. That's love right there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That is profound. That's profound. You know, what I would like to do, if you all do not mind, there was uh, an experience that I had a little over a year ago, and it caused me to um, question my uh, mental state because, of course, it had to do with music. And um, as I was questioning what was happening, I sent the message to Brother Rasul, which I'm sure most of you probably know Brother mm-hmm. Rasul, the mm-hmm. youngest son of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And if you don't mind, I'm going to share something with you that he said his father spoke about music. He returned the greetings and he said, I believe I understand the spirit that has guided the word. And he says, um, the study of music and its effect on us has great merit. He says, we do not know that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad played any musical instrument or knew anything about music theory as a discipline, however. He mentioned various things that alluded to the fact, all capital letters, that music is a science intimately and innately involved in not only creation itself, but more specifically, the healing resurrection of all fallen human beings, not just our black people. One clue may be found in the classic tale of Dr. Victor von Frankenstein's monster. As you know, this is the story of a scientist's pursuit to bring the dead back to life. Mm. Once achieving this, if you recall the story, the monster's rage could be controlled by music. It was the sound of the violin that captivated and guiding the monster, guided the monster, teaching our people through oral dictation and written words to read is good and obviously the necessary first step in the resurrection evolutionary process. However, the divine artistic harmonics of the human life experience seems to me to hold the secret to how Allah intervenes and reveals himself in and through us in form. I mean, he went on to some other things about... This isn't know, table talks? No, this is, um, he was sharing with me some of the things that the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad said to Mother Tynetta and him as he was younger. Based upon an experience that I had last year, um, I questioned some of the things that I was experiencing where I would be wakened at night and I would hear the ticking of a clock and I don't have a clock that ticks. And I felt vibration in the ground that produced a tone. And then I saw things happen outside with lights and things and I kind of Google to find see what I can find on time vibration sound and light because these are my experiences when I would wake up in the middle of the night and when I sat up and I hear a clock ticking like pimple tick tick and time and I knew I did not have a clock that ticked nor a watch on my hand 
and I felt the vibration in the ground, and then I heard it produce a tone, and all of the lights in the neighborhood were out, and I began to question my mental state, and as I went outside to look, then as I'm walking around outside, 15 minutes, I'm still hearing the ticking, I'm still hearing the vibration, I'm hearing the tone, and then the lights come on. So I went back to Google these things, and it came upon Einstein studying the origin of God and the origination of us as a people based upon sound and sound vibrations. And it took me into, of course, planetary harmonics where mm. light frequency is converted into sound and music is composed using that to heal um, individuals who are autistic or have other neurological issues. And this is the power of music and wow. sound. So we underestimate, so when we see the brothers with the bass and the low frequencies in the trunk, that is used as a weapon. As a matter of fact, they have tested music and sound and sound vibration, tampering with the low frequency, high frequency, low frequency, to the degree that they used it to cause rats to go into cardiac arrest. So we don't even understand even the bass that's in the car that's we have so many woofers, we are one tick away from a heart attack, cardiac arrest, and don't even know. Mm. Brother Victor, uh, this is so wonderful. Um, in my opening, as I was trying to warm us up and paint the picture, I did talk about music being part of the creative process, but not yes, only that it is a process unto itself, but it is a process um, a part of the original creativity of the orbits and the celestial bodies that rotate around creating music, music Indeed. in, in the atmosphere. And then Indeed. we also touched on the fact that music itself, it could actually reshape and, and rewire the nerve endings in the brain cells to help us to mm -hmm. learn and absorb more information. And see things mm -hmm. clearer. It can give us vision again. So it also aids the uh, regenerative process of producing cells, which you was alluding to with the healing power of sound Correct. and Because it's all mm -hmm. vibration. When it gets yes, down to it, every living entity is vibratory. Yes, sir. So we just have different tones and different rates. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. And when you Most know how definitely. to change the tone and change mm -hmm. the rate, you mm -hmm. can communicate directly. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's yeah. no science. When we said we heard that uh, Master Farah Muhammad was able to speak, you know, 16 languages or something, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, Why? yes, yes. Because he was in tune with the vibe of creation. And mm -hmm. each one of us have a certain language. The birds have a language. Mm-hmm. The animals in the field have a language. You can communicate with them if you only sure. know what frequency they are. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know? Yes, sir. So, mm. so we do have a duty. So, brother, you have been tapping into a science mm -hmm. that has been kept from us. Yes, sir. That we need to be able to give more to our, this, our artistic, not the artistic in the sense of having a behavioral uh, issue or a... Uh, uh, you know, but the artists among us. Mm -hmm. You well, know, connecting your words, brother, to something in this communication from Brother Rasul 
came, that came from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and Mother Tynetta, he was speaking how his mother shared with that. His father said that there is a missing note in music. Mm-hmm. He said, now this means that there is a power potential in music that Allah has strategically withheld, or maybe we simply have yet to evolve spiritually to so as to enable us to accomplish incredible things, to access what has been missing, and that everything in creation is based upon vibration, rhythm, tempo, movement, and time. These are the words of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. Brother, and I've never heard them before. But what I speak, I speak from what just has been inside me and just wanted to share. So this is a wonderful thing, and I'm feeling very blessed at this moment. So we have to be able to talk offline. Um, mm-hmm. I'm feeling real blessed at this moment, brother. Oh, thank you. Do to love. Yes, what sir. we can do, one more point. When I saw Anita Baker in December of 2006, uh, and she came out in, at the, here in Florida, Padra, she had no opening act for her. She came out late, and she said, well, since I'm late, I'm going to stay here as long as you all want me to stay. All of her musicians were live. There was not one um, pre-recorded programmed anything. And at a certain point in the concert, she had all of the musicians not play. It was just her and the pianist. And she said, the reason I'm doing this, because this is like a dinosaur. So whenever there is live music in your city and in your area, you do everything you can to go out and support it because it is so, uh, it, it is really missing, you know. So encouraging our people to hear and see live music and live instruments is such a wonderful thing. And getting our children to go through uh, concerts or a classical music performance, something to see this profound art form, you know, that is one of the things that we can do. And it will get into their minds. It will get to them. And eventually you will see them um, behave differently and have a greater appreciation for it. And you will see it manifest in the music they produce. Mm. Brother Victor, were you able to catch some of our earlier conversation where we were trying to assess the 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 lacking of soul and consciousness that is um, prevalent in music today or has been for some time? And we're trying to figure out how did we lose it? And we've had some great commentary in that way. And then how can we get it back? It was divine, brother. I, it was divine. Um, oh, no, not divine. It was it was wickedly designed that it is not necessarily lost. But, you know, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan on the first part of the time and what must be done, he was questioned about the movie Django. And he said that, you know, every five years, these very wickedly wise, wealthy, and powerful music who control movie and music and its distribution and industry, they gather every five years and they study trends. And based upon trends and where they want things to go, then they begin to produce movies that will have a message or they release certain music or promote certain music to accomplish their agenda. So a great deal of it was by design. But one of the things that I did, my first number of years teaching, the first three years teaching music, I had one black student. And within my first seven years of teaching, I had three black students total. But over the last latter part of my years teaching, what I did with the young 
people since so many of them were so diverse, Jamaican, Trinidadian, Barbados, they they were so mixed, you know, as far as their parents, although they were here in the West. One of the things that I did, whatever music they liked, they liked hip-hop, they liked jazz, they liked reggae, they liked this. What I would do, I would select a number of artists that were reggae artists. I would select a number of artists that were rap, but I would select them. So if I was gonna, if they all like reggae, I'd choose Bob Marley, Steel Pulse. I'd mm. choose those ones, and then if someone's from Trinidad, I may get Sparrow or someone else. And I would get rap, but I'd get the conscious rappers from back in the day. And I would say, okay, you all are gonna do a report. Here are the rap artists. Here are the reggae artists you choose. Now they are forced. I did all of this the first nine weeks, possibly the whole semester before going into, okay, this is a quarter note. This is a C scale. I allowed them to identify with music that, that identified with them as people. And I would also, when they come in, I'd have maybe um, Steel Pulse with the song Earth Crisis with the lyrics already typed out and I pass it all out to all of them and we'd listen to the song two or three times. And this was third, fourth graders also. Mm. Now they're looking at the music but they're looking at the lyrical content in it and they were able to go and study what were the world events going on that produced these lyrics. You understand? Mm. So I think that was one way, No, as far as those who are in the industry doing what they're doing now, getting to them that way we may not, but the younger ones, we can get to them in that way. Yeah, that, so those are some of the things that I have done in various community music programs, school programs where our people are at. And even when I would teach private Catholic schools, I did not um, hold back what I teach. If they say something about, uh, let's say, ska, and ska was a music form that a lot of the uh, younger teenage Caucasians have been listening to since about 2003. Ska originated in the 20s in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. So I would not hesitate to tell them, even at the private Catholic school, no, this is not where this came from. This came from so-and-so. So I think really educating our young people to um, the power of music, what's in it, how it originated, but allowing them to see music um, that's of a conscious source that has some connection to them as a people that they can see themselves in it. Then I saw them take a greater interest in learning the saxophone or learning the flute or learning the clarinet. Mm. But, um, I mean, those are things that, I, that we can do as far as those who are young coming up. Yes, brother. Brother, one other question I have for you. So this is a wonderful thing to have you on board with us. Um, we talked about that, the healing sounds or the um, frequencies that could be used to tone mm -hmm. us up. You know, we talk, we, you know, we talk about being atone, atone. Mm -hmm. Yes. But um, we um, know that that is a really deep science because we talked about the celestial bodies, but have you ever heard of the soul feet? Was I think it's soul physio? Uh, I guess um, tones. 
where they talk about the frequencies and the various frequencies can actually affect and does affect various states of our mind and parts of our body. Are you familiar yes, with sir. that? I mean, I'm not not specifically under that particular uh, subject title, although if you listen to, think back to uh, Norman Brown, the jazz guitarist, Mm-hmm. Beautiful, deadly brother. On his album After the Storm, he had a song titled Lydian, L Y D I A N. Say again. And I remember Lydian. It's spelled L Y D I A N. Got it. And I remember at the end, I, I managed a department um, for American Express. I managed their mail center and graphic centers. And it was a very demanding job. And at the end of the day, I'd always have the cassette queued up to the song Lydian on Norman Brown's album because it always gave me the feeling of I I wronged no man today. I gave a full day's work. It gave me the sense of accomplishment and that I'm okay to leave behind my job. And I kept saying, who did he name this after? And after reflecting, I had to go back in my music, music studies to realize he wrote the song Lydian because it's written in the Lydian modes in music. So mm. it does have a certain effect on the human. Mm. Now, we look at um, the, the the Chinese felt that music was written in um, the ratios of three and the ratios of two. Three represented heaven, two represented earth. And when you compose music in a three to two ratio, it harmonized heaven and earth, and it's called perfect fits. So when you look at music and even parallel fits, the European always said, do not compose music in parallel fits. It's evil. But this very awesome, wise brother, Dr. Pinkston, I went back to school as a 30-something-year-old to learn from the brother, and he said no. He said, they said that. He said, but when you compose in parallel fifths, it gives the music a state of power. And it gives the listener a sense of power and invincibility. So he taught us not to compose in, in, in parallel fifths. But later the Caucasian says, well, yeah, yeah, it was a rule, but just know the rule before you break it. Mm. So yes, there are certain pitches and certain tones, certain chords, chord progressions, they affect us in such a way that they either, um, similar to ultrasound that you get when you're wounded and you're going through physical therapy, Yes. they will only give you so much ultrasound near your spine. And I know this from experience, having a knee injury, I walked funny and it favored, I favored one side and it caused me to have back problems. So they now have to treat the back and the knee. And although the back was giving me more problems, the therapist wouldn't give me any more on my back. And then I finally questioned, what is ultrasound? He said, low frequency sound waves, but if you use too much close to your spine, it will damage your nervous system. So here in this sound, in pitch, and tone, you can promote healing or you can promote death. And it's the same with certain music chords, certain notes, certain frequencies, and Looking at the eighth tone that we are familiar with from the Million Man March, the eighth tonement. But if I play my saxophone, they say, if I want to be in tune, they bring the tuner out. And they say, okay, Victor, play me a concert A pitch. 
Now, if I'm flat, the dial moves to the left. If I'm sharp, it moves to the right. But if I have the correct armature and the proper wind speed and my mouth wind velocity and my mouthpiece is in a certain place, now I'm at A440, 440 cycles or vibrations per second. Now I'm considered in tune. Mm. You understand? But you mm. mentioned atonement and its significance musically. The right. eight of the atonement process is the same as the eight notes in a major scale. It's technically seven notes, but if I have a C scale, I'll go C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C. Now, I'm not ending the scale at C. I've just done that one octave now, and I reconcile the, the eighth tone with the first tone. Now I'm actually going into a higher octave or a higher frequency of vibration. Mm-hmm. And there is the key to us in that atonement process, in that C scale process, in that A440 to be in tune and in harmony and the correct pitch. You know, all of these things are so profound because they are connected to music, which is, which is beyond a shadow of a doubt, our nature and a key to healing us. Well, brother, you hit it on the head. We know that it is a key, and we are very, very, very blessed. Um, we want to do two things right now. Uh, we want to play a little bit of music, and before we go there, I want to ask you one quick question before we go there. Yes, sir. Is it true that every single person has his own particular tone or key of music? Like, talking about experiences, when I was young, I went to a concert and actually was helping move uh, the equipment around, and I stayed in the pit. And mm-hmm. when... Um, the xylophonist began to play his music. I think it was Lonnie Liston Smith. Mm. Something went through me, you Ooh. know, and he had hit something, you know, and I can actually feel like I was levitating because the music just, a note went through me and just was lifted me, you know, I got, I got lifted. You know, if we were talking in R&B, I, I just got a natural high. Is that yes, true? Sir. That each each one of us have that special note, that special frequency that tones us up? One hundred percent, brother. I was during this time that I was going through physical therapy, I had difficulty sleeping at night for the because of the knee pain. And I woke up around two thirty in the morning and I saw these scientists in a laboratory. They had three computers with speakers, with printer all of these electronics, and they had three slides with samples of three different human DNA. They were pulling sound from human DNA, each one as individualized as an individual person's fingerprint. They were pulling sound from the DNA, and no two people have the same sound and vibrational frequency to their DNA. So that is true. Each one of us, each one, and it's as individualized as fingerprints. Mm, mm. Now we're getting a lesson here today And folks If you see that we're taking this conversation In a deep and scientific way Even to the degree That we're leaning towards Esoteric science and music Going into the origin and the creativity Of music is a reason for that Because we open up this dialogue So we can understand We just don't want to paint the picture Of us losing our soul Or our consciousness we want to know how 
we lost our soul and our consciousness and why. And then on the flip side, since it's the Keys 107, we are always looking for a solution and we're always going to leave us with, with ways and means for us to get it together to improve, to, you know, to continue to pers- the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness. And so as I've asked our brother, because you can see he's a doctor of music, you know, and the question line, the question I've taken him down, it's not for everybody to all absorb, but there are those of you out there needed to hear this, that music is divinely guided by the originator of the heavens and earth. And there's power in it for those of you who know the importance of it and how to use it. So we're going to continue in this vein. I think we are uploading a song that we want to um, play in a few minutes. I'm waiting for my engineer to give me an idea. Or she can't find a song that I wanted us to play. We have some rights of songs that we are are blessed to be able to play some uh, artist songs. And she's looking for one that we have given a little permission but uh at this point she can't find it uh so we'll move on a little bit more and i want to uh i, I want to first ask if there's other um folks who want to chime in on this topic of music you know um the passion that they may have for this music um and just want to just talk to us from your heart and from your soul because that's where all good music is produced from it's not produced just from the from the mind or from you from the brain it's not you know from from just thinking it you got to feel it so it has to come from within so if there's anybody out there with their hands raised you know let me you know uh out there come on in and uh Rafiki if you're on the line you can chime in as well um i i just um i just appreciate this conversation so much because i think i have to go back to to the uh to the drawing board and pick up um, some music for Norman Brown and and go back to some of my early days in hip hop and listen to some of the songs that were being produced and seeing and looking deeper into the music and le- uh, deeper into the harmonies and of the R&B songs and seeing how all these things were creating modes and memories and affecting our psyche and how mm-hmm. we can take the best of that and do it all again on a higher mm-hmm. level. Yes. So, um, P13, you still on the line with us? Yeah, I'm still here, God. I'm well, still brother, here. You, I ain't going nowhere. Excuse me, is that problem 13 from Miami, Florida on the line? Yeah, that's me, Vic. What's good? Tomlakum, son of a man. Love you, brother. Well, I'll let you <laughs> I was trying to give you the greens, man, but you got off into the signs of the vibrations and, the, and your knee injury, and I just said, man, let me just fall back. And let the dogs spin. And oh, basically, to a lot. <laughs> I said, there go Brother Victor. This one I was going to give you the green. You started getting deep on me, man. So I just put the mute button and kick back. Well, it's a beautiful thing. Well, Brother P13, you know, we may have to talk to Brother Victor about putting out a book for us. You know what I'm saying? Putting all this together in short form and educating us and, uh, you know, uh, I would love, brother, if you could get a hold of Brother Rasu. We'd love to bring him on to feature his new album because I hear the songs, you know, and he speaks about. Now, now again, if, 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 I've only heard a little, a little sampling of his music. But, again, here he comes with the right tone, with the right lyrics, 
with the right rhythm, with the powerful delivery, you know, and it's all about mm. healing. And the one of the things wow. that sticked out to me was brotherhood. You can't have no brotherhood unless you got some love. Sure, sure. You know, speaking of Brother Rasul, I've been blessed to um, work with him um, um, in in his in the region that he's in of the Nation of Islam. But I will share an experience that I had with him musically, where I was experiencing a um, a difficulty in, in life, you know, and. Um, he said, "Well, let's let's meet, um, Brother Victor. You know, we'll do some counseling." So um, I go to meet him. Or we finally meet at, at at the mosque, and he said, "I just want to ask you one question, Brother." He said, "You know, I can't help you and 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 help you through this process if you don't open up to me and just speak openly and honestly and frankly." And I, "Yes, sir." He says, "In such and such situation, was this your intention?" I said, "No, sir." He said, I didn't think so, brother. Just be patient. Allah brings such and such about. Now, let me play some music for you that I wrote to my father. Now, that was the extent of my counseling session. <laughs> then he went right into music. And several years later, he calls me. Brother, can you come over? I wrote some new music. I want you to come listen to it. And I said, sure. So I'm driving on the freeway, flying through traffic to get there. And I say to myself, hold up. Here's a brother who had just been performing with some heavyweights. And he's calling me. I get to his house and I sit down. And he's playing all these songs. And he's not playing any one song for more than 15 seconds. So, how can I really get a good listen to it? So, finally, he put in some music and he turned his chair to me and he started to talk to me. Now, in the music that was playing, was no, there were no lyrics, it was all instrumental. And I'm going to tell you, brother. What he was playing for me, I cried from so deep. I was able to remember heartbreak that I had in my life since the age of four and five from the music that he was playing for me that now all of this pain, all of this hurt, all of this disappointment was coming up out of me. And I was crying and there was more water coming out of my eyes than a water faucet. And this was from some of the music that he, that Allah guided him to create. It is it goes healing, to healing. Brother, I'm telling you. It is healing in such a major, major way. And I, I just happen to have been the beneficiary of um, what that music can do and what it does. Well, brother, you know, uh, it's just something I just looked up. Something said frequency and intent. Equals healing. Mm. <laughs> we serve a mighty God. <laughs> True indeed. Every everything has a purpose. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. Even the sun is the, like the heart throb. It, it, it is. It is that baseline in the universe holding everything in order. And everything bounces to its beat. Yes. You know. So when he yes. played that music, he knew exactly what he was doing. It was mm-hmm. his intent to bring out of exactly. Yes, sir. That I, I have to say that because as I was on my way to his house, it crossed my mind. Now, here's a brother who was recently with such and such artist who's well-known and such and such artist who's well-known and such and such and such and such, and he's calling me. And as I drove, I said, mm, 
he is calling me, but with all of these heavyweights, there has to be another purpose for him calling me that's not about giving critique on anything at all. Right. And it was actually me being called to actually be healed through music. Mm. And that first time he met with you and began to play the music, he was just trying to figure out what your tone was. What was your frequency? Brother, I, man, <laughs> God was doing what the God was doing through brother. And, you know, and, 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 you know, the interesting thing is there were two other occasions that he and I were driving um, from Miami. He was driving me up toward to Fort Lauderdale. And even when... Um, Brother Kwame Ture's mother passed away, Sister Mary. We met because um, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan delivered something to Brother Rasul to read and deliver to the family. And all of the, there were a number of brothers there. He says, well, no, I, I want Brother Victor to ride with me. So I get in the vehicle with him. And then on the way back, music is what he puts in. <laughs> so it's... We can't escape this music thing, man. We are we have underestimated and downplayed the significance of music and what's going in our ears. We've downplayed it to the point of we take it as entertainment. Brother, you're so right, but I want to add this to it, and it's something I probably should have said early on, and, and I believe artists can attest to this, and those who have been in the music business know that music is addictive. Music mm -hmm. is so powerful that it can take over your life. It can change mm -hmm. your ways, your habits, and your direction. And so mm -hmm. you might say, but it's natural, brother. You know, even drugs, you know, uh, drugs, uh, some drugs are natural, you know, if it's herbs and everything like that. But you have to know the quantity and the frequency mm -hmm. to be able to take these drugs. To heal yourself and get yourself in, in, in order, and so with the same thing with music, it's not played with. It's not mm -hmm. something light, and so yes, we have to bring folks into this classroom, and so they can understand the depth of the power of music. So, yes, sir. yeah, brother, this is a, this is a great way to start the Black Music Month, um, because we are the originators of all music, you know. And um, sure. some people might say, well, what do you mean by that? I'm not, we, didn't, we didn't create rock and roll. I beg your pardon. You know, mm -hmm. you look at rock and roll, you have to see the side of it that it was the counterpart of R&B that started back in the 1940s, late 1940s. <laughs> come on now. Yes, sir. Yes, Every sir. Every time we come with something, they have to grasp something from it. Mm -hmm. So rock and roll is grafted R&B. I'm the first to say it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then mm -hmm. we could go on and on, brother. So we are the originators, you know. So listen, we are getting very close to that time, um, brother uh, Victor and, and brother P13, and the rest of you who are on the line. We want to be in a position to close out in time, and in doing so, we want to be able to bring Sister Rafika back on to have a little closing comments and um, play a song or two. As we close out, because we're um, trying to promote an artist out of Africa who is a wonderful jazz artist. Uh, he's a guitarist and a vocalist. Um, not known much in the United States, but known in Africa, particularly in the South African region. 
and uh, he has become a brother of ours, and he is part of the Keith 107 family. And so we're going to close out with a couple of songs with him, and I want us to listen closely because we'll be bringing him back um, to the United States. He just was here for a couple of weeks in uh, Louisiana, New Orleans, and uh, played in the Jazz Fest and stuff like that. So we are very happy to have him um, being a part of our family. So, Rafika, are you on the, still on the line with us? Of course I'm still here. I was looking for that song for you. <laughs> you know how I get. <laughs> okay. And you know, you, you yes, said the name of the... Yes, yes, hold on a second. Yeah, go ahead, brother. I just wanted to, uh, if I may, plug my website right quick. You go right ahead, black man. www.lookingforaproblem.com <laughs> It's a problem. Come yes, look sir. for it. Lookingforaproblem.com. Yes, Thank sir, brother. And, and, and Peter, yes, before you leave, I just want to remind uh, the listening audience that you will be here for a full featured uh, talk with you about your music, your life, your journey. And we'll be featuring quite a bit of your music on our show next Thursday at 6 p.m. here on the Keys 107. I can't wait. Bring Praise be to Allah. No Allah I hope everybody loves, you know, calls in and you know what I'm saying, we have some fun. You heard me? Kicking yes, sir. Well, we'll start put, promoting it tomorrow for next week. Praise be to Allah. Yes. yes. All right. The keys. Unlocking the doors to unlimited possibilities.
Unlocking the doors to unlimited possibilities. Well, Brother James, wow, P13 and Brother Victor Muhammad and Martin from the collective that broadcasts every Saturday here on the Keys 107 Network talking about music, hip-hop, films, and sports. I had a great time today. Um, Brother Victor took us to another dimension, talking about the tones and music. And P13, you know, prepared us that he's going to bring the heat on Thursday. And Brother James, you're just always a pleasure to have on my side as my co-host. And um, Ernie Smith's song, I believe, sort of sums up everything we've tried to do today. I do believe in miracles, and I do believe in good music. On that note, I'm ready to say good night. James, are you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. I just didn't know if the mic was hot. But <laughs> Your yes, mic is uh, hot. <laughs> it's always hot, right? But yes, I'd rather it be substantive than to be hot because, you know, Martin enlightened us. You know, you can have, a, you know, something real or you can have something hot. I'd rather have something real that might be real hot, let me put it yes. that way. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, I had a great time, too, and I want to thank the listening audience to just allow us to flow in the directions of the music where wherever the conversation took us, know that we were being guided and know that it was not scripted. Any Nothing that we said was scripted. It was <laughs> all what just came out, and, and sometimes that's the best thing to happen. So we look forward to next week, but we thank you for giving us your time this week, and we want to say God bless gonna, to each and every one of you. And we're going to just close out with um, Gramps Morgan Wash Away the Tears and invite everybody to join us back Thursday at 6 p.m. with P13. Good night, everybody. My songs are not smiling songs, songs, songs.
Oh, 